Recording in progress. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit world. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to Tipperary for an hour. Um, thanks for joining me and thanks for listening. I hope you got some benefit from our episode last week. Um, it's my hope that you get some value from every episode and not just obviously the talking is very important and the answering questions. But I want to give some value and hopefully um, that everybody will have a takeaway at the end of um, every session. So I wanted to start off tonight where I left off last week. It is nighttime here in Ireland. It is 10 p.m. And um, I never, I, I, I got so busy talking and answering questions that I didn't actually finish off talking about how I got into full-time mediumship. And it really was an accident. It was never a conscious decision that I made. Um, as I said, I'd always been doing readings from when I was a little girl. I was well able to read people. And um, can you let me know if you can hear me? I see we've got a, a one or two people online. If you can just let me know um, that I'm coming through okay, because I uh, can't hear anything on this end. I told you last week that I was getting an ear infection. I ended up losing my hearing for five days. So I'm only just back into everything. So um, if somebody could just give me a thumbs up and let me know that you're hearing me okay, it would be brilliant. Um, but anyway, as I said that I... Thank you, Mary. I appreciate that. Um, as I said, it was quite accidental when I did get into working full time as a medium because I had done some traveling. Um, I'd lived abroad and, um, you know, it wasn't something that I did while I lived abroad. And when I came home to Ireland, um, it started to get stronger. I think it's not necessarily that I was in Ireland that made um, it as, it's stronger again. It was more the fact that I suppose you're comfortable when you're at home and I wasn't on the move every week as I had been when I was traveling around. So um, I, you know, I just felt drawn to read for people again. And so I was just reading for friends and friends of friends and stuff. And, you know, just on a Saturday afternoon or whatever, it wasn't anything uh, major. But one night I went to see a medium because I always had a huge interest in it. And I went to see a medium came to our town um, and she was in the local theatre. So um, I, I, I was just mesmerized watching her on stage. But there was a couple sitting in front of me in the row in front of me. And I could feel their anxiety the whole way through the first part of the show. Um, so when uh, when the show, we took a break for people to powder their nose and whatnot, and um, they were getting ready to go, and I just tapped the lady on the shoulder, and I said to her, don't go. I said, your son is here, and he will um, he is planning to come through, but she doesn't seem to be hearing him. And the woman just looked at me, and she started crying, and she said, who is it? And I told her a little bit about this boy, and she, she started crying more, and she said, um, she said, he's not our son, he's actually our grandson, she said, but we raised him from the day he was born. He was like a son to us. 
And so he, he gave me some information, some bits and pieces that he wanted to tell her. And she was so happy that they really felt um, after the first half. And I've been to shows and I'm sure a lot of people listening will have been to shows that, um, you know, they didn't maybe get a reading from. And, you know, that can be really, you know, you know, disheartening. But if you imagine that, you know, a medium is on the stage and um, there's a whole audience of people there that you want to um you know, you want to read for everybody, but it's just not possible. Um, but for whatever reason, there was a message that um, this couple needed to get from this young man, which they'd got, which they got that night. So anyway, they stayed for the second part of the show. And when um, the show was finished, and God bless the lady for this, I should always be thankful I never got her details. But when the show was finished and the medium on stage um, left the stage, this lady just stood up and said to the crowd that if you want a reading, you need to go to this girl standing or sitting behind me. She said, um, she's brilliant and she's just given us a reading here in the seat. So people started coming up to me asking me for my number. So I started to do a few readings on a Saturday afternoon, uh, which got booked up. So then I started to do a few readings on a Sunday afternoon, which got booked up. And then I uh, cut my workday down to four days a week um, in my full-time job. And then I cut it down to three days a week. And I ended up then um, after maybe even only four months um, applying for a career break um, at work to see would it take off and would it work because I was booked solid for, you know, three or four months at that point. So that's when I went into it full time. Okay. So it really was accidental. It wasn't that I made a conscious decision that this is what I, I was going to do. I did obviously end up putting up a Facebook page um, so people could contact me easier and stuff like that. And that I could, you know, put out information for people much easier. So, um, you know, social media is great for interacting with people. So that's my story really about how I got it. It was never a conscious decision made when I was a teenager in my 20s. I was in my 30s before I started to uh, read for people in that way. Um, and I was glad of it too, because I got to live my life. You know, I had um, I wouldn't say a lot of life experience necessarily, but I had lived abroad in a couple of different countries. And um, I suppose it gave me more life experience that I could draw on because mediumship is all about your experience. You can't, um, you know, you can't help somebody if you have no experience of it because you have to have reference points in your mind for spirit to use to get messages across to you even if that means that you watch a lot of junk television okay um i don't get to see telly um anymore now um because things are just always so busy and you know i always have something on but you know back um you know when the kids were small and i used to have like emmerdale on in the background or something and you get a lot of things um from watching even soap operas so for people that will be listening to this from the States, um, Emmerdale is a soap opera that's on every evening, well, five evenings a week here um, at this side of the Atlantic. And, um, you know, I don't get to see it anymore. But I remember like a storyline years ago, there was a young couple that were married and they were only after having their first baby when the lady was diagnosed with cancer and she ended up passing away. OK, so that gave me a reference point for a young woman passing away with cancer. OK, so if I'm connecting with a young person that um, died through cancer, especially a young woman, that can be a reference point, you know, from my mind that they can use. 
So the more information you can get into your mind, whether it's through reading books, watching television, actual personal experience, travel, etc., the better, okay? Because that's what spirit use as the reference points. Okay, so um, tonight what I wanted to uh, discuss and bring up is I wanted to talk about the different ways that spirit can communicate with us as humans, okay? Because we're human, we live in on the earth plane and spirit live um, on a different plane without the, the human body. So they have different ways of connecting with us. So in the same way that we as humans, we have several different ways. We have more than just one day, one way of connecting with each other. We have several different ways. So obviously the main way is voice and language. Okay. Cause we can talk to each other, but then again, not everybody can talk. Okay. So they use their hands and sign language or, or whatever. So we've got um, voice and language. We've got eye contact. We've got facial expression. We've got hand gestures. We've got body language. We've got lots of ways that we can connect with each other okay and it's the same in spirit okay so they don't have a physical body so all that eye contact that that voice box is gone you know they, they can't do hand gestures or body language so they have to have different ways of connecting with us but we do have seven main ways of for that to happen and i call it the clairs of mediumship okay because they all start with clair now, clear means clear. And you will see a lot of these words when you're looking for mediums. Okay. Because they'll all tell you some fancy word like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, clairgussience, or whatever it might be. Okay. And we don't expect you to know exactly what that means. Okay. Because, it, you know, we live in a, a world of Google. So it gives you a word you can Google. But, you know, um, a lot of people don't understand these terms and it is important, you know, we don't expect you to know them by heart, but it's important to have some idea of what that means, you know, when you're booking to see a medium. And I'll tell you why. Okay. The reason for that is because um, you know the person that you're looking to connect with in spirit. Okay. You know who they were. You knew their personality and the way that they communicated with people in life. That, that doesn't change. Okay. So if you had somebody in life that was very shy and didn't speak to strangers and only opened up to the people that were very close to them, they have the same behavior in, in death. Okay. So they're not going to come through all talkative to your medium who is, let's face it, the medium will be a stranger to your loved one. So if they were shy strangers in life, they're going to be a little bit shy coming forward to the medium, um, in death too, because if they came forward and, um, you know, if they came forward all chatty, the first thing you do is turn around and say to me, that isn't my loved one at all, because they wouldn't have said boo to a stranger. Okay, so they're going to come through in a way that you would recognize them. So assume that the same way that they communicated in life is the very same way that they're communicating in death. And, you know, they're always going to come through as well in a way that you will recognize them. So, you know, I do connect with a lot of babies or, you know, toddlers or young children. Um, I think it's just part of my own experience from having lost children um, and, you know, working with young people in education that um, I do um, communicate a lot with younger people. And, 
if, for example, somebody had lost, maybe they had a stillborn baby, for example, okay, God forbid, but um, they would that person goes through the rest of their life thinking of that child as a baby, okay? And, you know, physically, we as humans give birth to babies because we can't give birth to an adult. But babies are completely developed in their mind, okay? They just need to grow. So not always, I don't always see them as babies. You know, they do grow up in the spirit world. So I, um, you know, when they're coming through to their mothers, they will always come through first in the format of a baby because that's exactly the way the mother would always think about them. She never thinks of a grown-up daughter or a grown-up son. She always thinks of the baby that she lost, okay? So that's the way they will tend to show themselves. So it will always be in a way that you would recognize, okay? So, you know, don't think, oh, maybe they've changed because they're in spirit, or maybe, you know, they, they say things a different way or they communicate a different way. They don't. They're going to show you always themselves as you would recognize them, okay? So that's why we as mediums tend to put on our bios how we communicate with spirit, because it gives you a good chance of choosing the best medium to connect with your loved one. So for example, if we go back to the scenario I was given a few minutes ago about a shy person, okay? So if dragon conversation out of a person in life was like dragon blood out of a stone, well, you know, there's no point in you going to a medium who can hear spirit, okay? There's just no point because um, they're, oh, I don't know what I did here, because <laughs> I was moving something on the screen and I lost the whole thing. I can still see everybody, okay? Um, because they, um, you know, they're still going to be like drawing blood out of a stone because as I said, your medium is still um, a stranger to them, okay? so. Um, you're not going to want to go to a medium who can hear them. You will be better off to go to a medium who can see them or who can feel their energy, okay? And in the same way, I have an aunt, uh, most beloved aunt, Mary Lou, uh, we called her, obviously her name was Mary, but we always called her Mary Lou. And uh, she passed away, got over at the age of just 61. And uh, I was very close to her because when I worked in London, I lived with her for a while. Um, now, Mary, as she got into her late 50s, she absolutely hated her photograph being taken. She hated that she had like some wrinkles beside her eyes and she hated that she'd put on a few pounds around her waist and tummy. Um, and she was still exceptionally beautiful, but she couldn't see that. So she hid from a camera. So we have very few pictures of how she looked towards the end of her life. OK, um, so I know that if I'm to go to a medium to connect with her, she's not going to want to show herself because she didn't like the way she looked at the end of her life, okay? So um, Mary could talk for Ireland. She would talk to anybody. There was no such thing as a stranger. She was a real Irish woman, okay? She drove a big double-decker red bus in London. That's what she did for work. And she would talk to everybody and anybody um, the same as they got on and off the buses. So I know that if I were to go to a medium who could hear her, I would get an absolutely great reading from her, okay? So it's about choosing the correct ability that the medium has and, you know, connecting that with the one that you love that you're looking to connect with, 
Okay. So let me go through, um, I've seven of these, okay? I'm sure you'll probably get other mediums that'll say that's not one or that's not right or whatever. But in my experience, um, these are the main seven and the ones that the majority of mediums would use. The very first one that I'm sure everybody's heard is clairvoyance, okay? Everybody whispers about people and they go, oh, she's clairvoyant, okay? And we know that this means that somehow this person connects with spirit in some way, but we don't always exactly know how, okay? So break down the word. So there's two words there. One is clear and one is voyance. So clear means clear. All of the words we're going to talk about tonight start with clear. It means clear. So clear means clear and voyance means seeing. Okay. Um, so you've got clear seeing. Okay. Clairvoyance means clear seeing. So that is somebody who sees spirit. Okay. They can see them. They physically see something. Now, I say to people at the beginning of readings that it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's going to appear beside me or beside um, whoever I'm reading for, you know, during the reading. Spirit do show themselves and I see them a lot. Okay. When I was a little girl, I was just plagued with them. And as your logical mind kicks in, as you grow up, you know, you tend to push them away a lot. But I do still see them, but in fleeting motion. So let me explain that. For um, a spirit to manifest a vision of how they looked when they were alive, that takes all of their energy. Okay. So they would only be able to stay for 30, maybe 40 seconds and show themselves to you. Then they're exhausted and they're gone. Okay. So you get to see them for a few seconds and bam, they're gone. And you haven't got the opportunity to ask them a question because they put all of their effort into manifesting the vision. So I don't encourage spirit to do that because I want to talk to them. I want them to give me information so that I can give evidence to the person that I'm reading for that this person is still alive. Okay. Um, and that's all we're doing in readings is giving evidence. We'll talk about this in future episodes. But um, so they, we want them to talk about, you know, things that they've seen um, going on around their loved ones since they died. Because if they can tell me about little things that have happened since they died, well, then um, that shows that they're still around. Okay. Like I read for somebody recently whose spouse passed away very, very suddenly. And just before um, he passed, um, they had got a new car which they loved. Okay, let's face it. They waited till the kids grew up, paid all the college fees, and they went out and bought themselves a new car. So one of the things that he showed me when he started talking to his wife was some damage on the front of the car. Okay, so I asked her, had she crashed it or, or bumped into something? And she said, no, but just the day before the reading, she had noticed um, a mark on the front of the car, you know, like a stone chip or something. And she felt it was really noticeable and she was really, really angry about this. Okay. So this is what the, the person was trying to tell um, her that, you know, even though he wasn't physically there, he saw her get angry, you know, and upset about the mark on the front of the new car. So he was able to show that to me. 
Okay. He showed me her noticing some damage on the front of the car and getting angry and upset all at the same time. So he didn't show me a complete vision of himself. What he did was he put like a little video clip into my brain. And that's how they communicate through seeing. Okay. They might show you themselves. Some people do, some people don't. They'll show you a little scene of something they remember, maybe something that happened during their lifetime. You know, while they're, they're given evidence that this is in fact me, they'll go, you know, oh, hell, you know, this is me. Do you not remember the time we woke on the swing drunk or something? And, you know, they'll give you some memories that you can connect to so that you know who exactly this is. You know, and then they'll also talk about like that things that they've seen since they passed. And that's to give you evidence that they're not actually dead, that they still see what's going on around you. Okay. So they're pictures and thoughts that they can put into your head. But I will still see um, people, especially when I'm on stage and I'm doing a stage show. Okay. So you'll have an audience in front of you and you'll be on the platform and you're looking down at the audience or you're giving a reading to somebody in the audience. And then all of a sudden you'll see somebody maybe at the back of the room or at the side of the room and they're pointing at somebody in the audience, you know, and it took me a minute with the first time I did it to realize, oh, this person isn't actually here. They're actually um, coming from the spirit world, you know, and so, um, you know, they, if they need to show themselves to get your attention, they absolutely will do. OK. And I, I always remember doing a show for I was on I was doing a stage show down in Kerry in a hotel down in Kerry. And um, some of the staff came into the back of the room when they had their break, listening to what was going on. And actually one of the girls, um, her dad came through and he just walked in really confidently into the room and put his arm around her and pointed at her. That's my girl, he said, you know, so I was able to give her a reading in her break from her dad as well. OK, so um, at stage shows is a huge way for me to see people um, also at nighttime <laughs> when I'm ignoring them. OK, so they can um, show themselves in that way, too, um, basically to try and get your attention. But it's always kind of fleeting because it takes so much energy for them to show themselves. But if they need to, they will. OK, so clairvoyance is clear seeing. So um, like that, if you were had somebody in spirit who was very shy or anything, um, that it's a good one to go for a clairvoyant because they'll be able to see the person. The person will be able to show them little pictures or little video clips of things that they remember or things that they saw. OK, so the second one I've written down here is clairsentience. Now I put clairvoyance and clairsentience as the first two because I'm both clairvoyant and clairsentient per personally. So they're the ones that I always talk about first. So we know that clair means clear. Okay. So clairsentience. So sentience is, um, it means clear senses or clear feeling is what it is. Okay. It's the ability to feel the energy of spirit. So what does that mean? So it means that you feel like the spirit did or does. Okay. Uh, one of the main triggers for me is always one of the first things that I connect with them is how they died. Okay. And that's just due to personal experience in life. Um, I lost a family member who was 31. He crashed his motorcycle and passed away following the accident. And I got very caught up with how he felt when he died. What was it like for him? You know, how did he feel? 
So this became my entry point. I was only 15 when this happened. So this became my entry point for um, the spirit connection. How did they die? So that's something that you feel from spirit. You Like I'm not medically trained, so I can't always say, I don't know. I've watched a few medical things over the years. Um, they've got a cardiac arith arrhythmia. I don't know. Is that the right word? But I can't say things like that or that they had, um, I don't know, kidney failure. Like I can't diagnose anything. But I can say to the people, oh, um, okay, I get a real tightness across the left side of my chest okay, a heart attack, or I get a real um, heavy feeling to the back of my lungs. For me, this is always like, you know, something like cancer, COPD, TB, something like this, okay? So, or I can say I get a pain, um, you know, over in my hip area at the back. So, you know, that would be something like maybe a kidney disease or something like that, okay? So, there's various different things that I can feel from people. And it's just really, I suppose, um, experience over the years, Okay, of what um, I've learned from spirit because I have no medical training at all. So the clear feeling. So when somebody is reading and they are going, I feel this from them or I feel that from them. Again, um, it's a good way for you to connect with somebody who would have been shy, who wouldn't have talked a lot, because as the energy of the spirit gets closer, I can feel what they went through. I can feel what they're feeling right now. Okay. Um, so I did um, a paranormal investigation once. Uh, well, I've done several of them, but I, I, I just remember once um, that I did in a place called Loftus Hall. Okay. And um, it's a, a very famous haunted house here in Ireland. And um, I felt the presence of a man we were in one of the rooms it was the middle of the night it was about two or three o'clock in the morning everything was dark we just had night lights and stuff and i started to feel the presence of a man and i started to feel his anger and his bitterness and all this kind of stuff okay so i was able to say to people what i felt from him and what i felt he wanted to say and what i felt that he 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 was you know he had uh, felt or said or wanted to say during his life and um as it turned out they had records actually on um on that gentleman um so mary is just saying that she did a lock-in in there and i happen to know mary because uh mary works with a paranormal group here in ireland so she would have done a lot of paranormal investigations and she says very very angry spirits um in loftus house there are and um, there's a huge story if you google loftus house there's huge stories about the devil having visited there and everything um, it's actually recently been sold so at the moment they're not doing investigations there so we don't know if the new owner is going to restore it for somewhere that's useful or if they're going to reopen it as um, a haunted house again we're gonna have to wait and see but that's where the feeling comes from. So um, I, if they, if the spirit feels happy, I'll be, I'll be happy. I'll be smiling like a Cheshire cat. If the spirit feels sad and emotional talking to their loved one, then I'm going to start crying. If they had pain when they died, I'm going to feel that. Okay. So I feel all of the emotions um, and the physical feeling that they would have felt um, at the point of death or even during the reading, the different emotions that they go through. So that's clear sentience. It's that you feel whatever the spirit felt. Okay. 
Now, the next one I have down is clear audience, an easy one for you to, to figure out. Okay, so clear means clear and audience means hearing. Okay, so clear audience is someone who hears spirit clearly. It's the ability to hear sounds or audible signs from spirit. So this would be the one where people say, oh, I heard somebody call my name. Okay. Um, or I heard um, footsteps on the stairs, all that kind of stuff. That comes from clear audience. Now, I say to people, be logical. We know that the person who has passed does not have a voice box or a voice anymore. So the things that we tend to hear from them are generally uh, memories of sounds, if that makes sense. Okay. So they're like replaying something that they would have said when they were alive. So even when they're calling you na your name, it's like a replay of them having said that when, when they were alive. I love hearing people's laugh. That's a big thing for me because um, when Kevin died after his motorcycle accident, he had just had, he was such a, um, he was such a person that um, had a great sense of humor and he was always playing tricks on people and he had this hearty laugh that came right down from his stomach you know and for years after he died I could hear that laugh clearly all the time you know um, so when I hear somebody laugh when they're you know when they're talking to their loved one it just brings such a warmth to me okay and hopefully it does to, to the people that I'm reading for as well and I'm trying to describe the different laughs the throaty laughs the belly laughs the sniggers you know whatever way that they would have um, laughed it's a big thing it's a big thing to know that people are happy and settled in the spirit world there's also other kinds of um, audible signs so uh, when I used to have people here at my home for readings years ago um, I have a little office here in my home and um, a lady came to see me one day. It was the afternoon and um, it was bright out, obviously bright outside, but it was a lovely day, which, you know, Ireland, it's normally raining, uh, but it's actually a beautiful day outside. And we started reading uh, for her and somebody came through. And um, then all of a sudden, now I am, my house is on a flight path. It's on a flight path. You see a lot of uh, flights coming from, the states to either Shannon Airport or uh, going across to Europe, they tend to fly across our house. So you see a lot of jets like way high up in the sky that you don't even hear so much. So you wouldn't necessarily hear airplanes a lot. So um, we were just sitting there talking away to her husband. And next thing, the two of us ducked because it was like a plane was actually flying into the house. The sound of it was just that loud. And I looked out the window and I couldn't see a plane. And I was like, that's so strange. I said, that never happens. And I looked at her and I said, I don't suppose your husband was a pilot, was he? And she just looked at me and she went really pale. And she said, oh, my God, he was a pilot, <laughs> you know. And, you know, he was able somehow to give us that sound so that I knew that there was a connection with airplanes. Okay, so um, you can hear all kinds of things. Some of the best conversations that I have with my loved ones in spirit is through getting them to knock on the wall, asking them questions and getting them to knock. Um, I love sitting in my conservatory, you know, when the house is quiet, which it rarely is, but sometimes when it's quiet um, and I can... Um, you'll find that mediums find it very hard to read their own loved ones in spirit. The reason for that is because if I'm reading your loved one, I'm giving you information that 
I just didn't know because I didn't know your loved one. I didn't know that they took a shoe size 12 or, you know, that their legs were so short that they couldn't find pants to fit them or that they wore green braces every Friday and pink socks every Monday. You know, I didn't know those things about them. But those are all things that I know about my loved ones that are already in spirit. So it's harder to get that information for myself. So I just ask them questions. So whether I do that with the pendulum, but what I've been doing a lot um, more recently is just getting them to knock out the answers. So sometimes I'll sit in the conservatory with a cup of tea and just ask the questions and ask them to knock twice for yes and once for no. Okay, so you can try that with your loved ones and see do you get an answer. Give them a minute or two, okay? I've worked up um, enough energy with my lot that they can come through quite quickly. But, you know, don't expect them to knock it out straight away, okay? It might take them time to work up to that energy. But, uh, again, that's a sound. It's a sound that they're giving, okay? So, that's clear audience, okay? So, clear hearing. So clear cognizance, okay? And, you know, I'm surprised I actually pronounced that right because I always pronounce it wrong. So clear is clear and cognizance is knowing. So that's clear knowing. So this is intuition, okay? So there's two levels to intuition and this is where it can get tricky, okay? And I don't want to get too much into the mechanics of things for you on this one. But um, we can read people psychic. I'm a psychic medium. So as well as the mediumship readings, I also do what would have been called in the old days fortune telling and uh, we call it psychic now where we're looking at what's coming up in the future for somebody and you know sometimes um you know people will come to me and say oh i didn't quite i don't feel that i got um you know that i visited somebody and i don't feel that they got a connection with my loved one you know sometimes there's two reasons for that sometimes you may have gone to somebody that's wrong for your loved one you might have gone to you know someone a clear audience but your, your loved one in spirit is shy and therefore they're not talking, okay? And then um, it could be the reason that some people that are psychic mistake what they do for mediumship because you can connect with somebody on a psychic level and read what's going on in their life and what's coming up. And then you can connect psychically with them in a different way to find out from them, you know, who's in spirit for for who's in spirit for them okay so um so there's two levels of the psychic work and it's important that that you know as mediums that we keep our energy higher high enough to use our intuition to feel the energy of the spirit so it's a bit of feeling in this as well but it's more using your solar plexus it's the knowing of something sometimes you just know something and you don't know why you know it so let me give you an example. And um, Jane isn't on tonight, but she's normally on. And I know she doesn't mind me using this example. Um, Jane um, shares a lot of her story on my page um, of her, her son and his battle with cancer. But I read for Jane. I didn't know her personally at the time. And I did a reading for her and her mother who, God love her, since passed to the spirit world also. And, you know, I read for um, them and at the end of the reading, and I, you know, sometimes I say something and I don't even know why it came out of my mouth. 
And I forget it as soon as it comes out of my mouth because sometimes it's not really me who's talking. I do a lot of trans mediumship as well. And as it happened, I bumped into Jane in a supermarket. I was in a supermarket in a town not far from where I live. It's in Cashel. And um, they have a big, big superstore there. So sometimes I'll drive over there to do a big shop. And that's where Jane lives. And she saw me in Tesco's and she came up to me. And very understanding, she said to me, you know, uh, you won't remember me, but you did a reading for me, you know, two or three years ago, whatever it was. And I said, I know your face, but I would not remember the reading. And she said, that's okay. But she explained to me and she said to me, at the end of the reading, you turned to me and you said, someone in your house is sick. And she said, you told me that there would be on antibiotics and the antibiotics wouldn't help. And that when they went back to the doctor for a second lot of antibiotics, that I wasn't to allow the person to accept them, that I was to insist that this person was referred further. Okay. So I said to her, my God, did I say that? I said, because I'm always so careful not to give medical advice because I'm not uh, qualified at that. But I do have a spirit guide called Francois that I work with, um, you know, that, you know, when I do healing, which I haven't done in a while, but um, I do spiritual healing as well. And so I had said to her not to accept a second lot of antibiotic. And um, I said, refer, have this person referred to hospital. There's more going on there. It's not just, and I'd said to her, it's not just this person's sinuses. There's something more. So um, I think she thought I was a bit cuckoo when I said that to her, but you know, she took me at my word and she said it was about maybe two or three months after the reading, her son, who was 17 at the time, came into her and he said, uh, ma'am, I went to the doctor on the way home today. He said, because this sinus thing hasn't cleared up with the antibiotics and he's after giving me a second dose of antibiotic. And um, she said, at that moment, the penny dropped and I heard in my head, she said, every word that you'd said to me. And she got straight on the phone to the doctor and insisted that her son be referred to get this checked out further. And the doctor said to her, no, 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 this is just a stubborn infection. And she said, no, it's not. She said, I was told this would happen and I want him referred. So the doctor took her at her word and referred him. And I can't remember, and I will ask Jane again, it's a very complicated name, but it's a specific type of cancer that her son had. Okay, he did have a cancer. And um, they were able to start treatment. Now, Michael did pass away. He passed away two weeks after his 18th birthday. Um, so she did lose her son. But she said that she said she threw her arms around me in the middle of the supermarket. And she said to me, she said, Sandy, I got a year with my son that I wouldn't have got if I hadn't met you. Okay. So, you know, to this day, I don't even remember saying those things to her. But nonetheless, I did. It was just a feeling. Okay. It was just somehow that I knew that this was going to happen. Now I've done it, you know, to a couple of family members as well. Um, I, I wouldn't say I diagnosed my mother's cancer because I'm not qualified to diagnose anything, but I felt it. I'd been working in Canada and I was home after about two and a half months or something. And, uh, we decided we'd go off for the day and spend some time together. And the minute she sat into the car beside me, 
and I felt the chest and I, I remembered that she'd had some kind of a chest infection before I'd gone away. And I said to her, ma'am, have you still got that chest infection? And she said, yeah, I'm on like my third lot of antibiotics or whatever. And I just said to her there and then I said, ma'am, that's not, that's, that's not a chest infection. I said, that's cancer. And um, she said, it's not. And I said, ma'am, it is. And she had to fight tooth and nail to get referred to an oncologist. But she did, and she was diagnosed with um, endocrine cancer um, in her lungs. And she's still fighting it. She's had a couple of tumors removed, but she's still here, alive and kicking, thank God, poor ma'am. Um, but um, the thing is that I don't know how I knew those things, but I just did. So it's just a clear knowing. So if you've ever just sat beside somebody and you knew something about them and you don't know why you knew, that's your clear cognizance. That's just your intuition telling it to you. My grandmother that used to read the tea leaves, she always said to me, listen to your gut girl. She said, it'll never put you wrong. Okay. So she really believed in her intuition, which I do too. Um, you know, and people that live, I don't know, do they have a program called Catchphrase over in the US? But it was like a program where you'd see, you know, a drawing and you had to guess um, what film or what scene or whatever that th that they were trying to depict, a bit like shreds it through memes. And so uh, we call mediumship catchphrase mediumship. And it's really say what you see, say what you feel, say what you hear, say what you think. Don't question it. Just say it. Okay. So that's your clear knowing. Okay. So the next one I've written down here is clear alliance. It's not Alliance like the insurance company. It's A-L-I-E-N-C-E. -E. Maybe I'm mispronouncing it. So clear means clear and aliens maybe um, is smelling. Okay. So the ability to smell scents that have symbolic meaning. Okay. So what do I mean by that? So this actually is a common one. And sometimes when I'm on stage, I ask this question because people always say that mediumship is a gift. And I say it's an ability. I disagree. It's not a gift. Um, it's something that everybody's able to do. So I've often asked audiences when I've been on stage, I say, who here has ever randomly smelt, you know, like their grandmother's perfume or the smell of cigarette smoke? you know, when there's actually nobody around, maybe, you know, smoking a cigarette or, you know, obviously the grandmother um, wouldn't be around or whatever, all those kind of things. Or, you know, here in Ireland, maybe the smell of a turf fire, you know, or a particular brand of aftershave. Okay. So, you know, everybody's hand in the audience goes up. Everybody's hand. Because this is one I think that everybody really connects with. Because there's always some kind of a smell that we relate to somebody. Okay. So for example, my granddad was in the Irish Defence Forces, very proud of his time in the Irish Defence Forces. He was in the military police down on Spike Island during the Second World War. And um, all his life, even as an older man, you know, when I was a little girl, um, he was always, you know, pristine, the shoes were polished, the hair was sleeked back, he used carbolic soap, um, you know, so you'd smell like brill cream and carbolic soap whenever he was in the room. And, you know, I still get that smell when I know he's around. Um, you know, a lot of people maybe get smells of like lavender. A lot of our, you know, old grandmothers would have bought this lavender perfume or drawer liners in lavender. Uh, you know, it's a smell that a lot of us can relate to. Or even the smell maybe of a dish, 
that uh, your mother or your grandmother used to cook like bread and butter pudding or um, banoffee pie or something like that, okay? So all these different smells that, that they can give you that can come in, okay? So um, it's, a, it's a really good way to know who is with you because sometimes we feel the energy of spirit around us um, but we find it hard to kind of figure out exactly who it is. So concentrate and see if there's any smell. Has, you know, the scent in the room changed? And this is what I always tell my students, you know, when I'm teaching the mediumship is, you know, if you're looking to connect with somebody, if you're looking to practice your mediumship, make sure you haven't sprayed the house with loads of air fresheners or you don't have sage burning that's, you know, the smell is all over the place because you want to allow them to come through in a gentle way for your first connections. And the little smells that come through can be really gentle and you want to be able to identify them. You know, is it, is it a cigarette smoke? Is it a cigar smoke? Is it um, a pipe smoke? Okay, um, are you smelling a turf fire? Is it an apple tart or, um, you know, a cheesecake that you can smell? Is it, um, you know, is it men's aftershave or a woman's perfume? You know, what are the smells that you're getting? Is it the smell of flowers? Maybe somebody was, you know, really um, into their gardening and, you know, the smell of fresh flowers um, might be relevant. So you have to be able to identify the smells around you. So I wouldn't say nobody would base a full mediumship reading on, you know, Claire Alliance, but it's a great way to identify who exactly it is. You know, I've often been on stage where you have two people that are quite similar, like, you know, you might be down in Cork or something and you've got two farmers coming through and they were both maybe 63 when they passed and maybe they both had a cancer and um you know they both wore braces and, and all this but then you'll ask them okay there's two people here and think you might be for them so you'll say to them give me something else and then all of a sudden you might get the smell of pipe smoke or of brittle cream or of carbolic soap or something like this and um, then you'll be able to say to them, okay, you know, maybe who was in the army or who always used carbolic soap or, you know, who smoked or whatever. And it'll be the difference in knowing who exactly it is that you're connecting with. Okay, so that's the smell. Then you've got Claire Gustans, okay, or Claire Gussians, as I tend to call it. So Claire obviously is clear and then Gustans is taste, Okay, so this is a clear taste, the ability to taste without putting anything into your mouth. Okay, so again, great for the people that used to bake, maybe, or smoke, or even, um, you know, something that I've never had, thank God, any kind of oxygen or, um, you know, the pain relief that you can have through gas. I've never had any of that. So, you know, there's a taste, a particular taste. I, I, I don't know, does oxygen taste? Because actually I've never had it. But um, there's a particular taste that spirit give me when I know that someone has struggled with breathing and they've had to have oxygen towards the end of their life. So you'll taste that also, okay? Maybe if somebody drowned, I might sometimes taste the dirty water or feel like there's water in my mouth. So that's part of the tasting as well, okay? So there's a lot of things that you can get in, in there with the taste. Again, it would be complementary to or 
secondary to, if you like, um, a reading maybe based on the clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience or whatever. But it would be a good way to know certain things about somebody. OK. And, you know, um, I've read in many different countries and, you know, not everybody passes away peacefully with their family all around their bed. And, you know, unfortunately, I've, I've met people who have died horrific um, deaths, maybe after accident or uh, being murdered, you know, and um, sometimes I, you, I taste blood in my mouth, you know, and that would be very relevant for the person who's come for the reading to know that you know what, she is with my loved one because she knows that there was some horrific event that made them bleed into their mouth, okay? And the last thing that I'm going to talk about, um, and I hope I pronounced this right, is clear tangency, okay? Basically, it's clear touch. And this is what we call psychometry, okay? So it's the ability to sense energy by touch, Okay, and I love this one because when I found that I could actually do psychometry, I felt very relieved. And when I started reading for people, it was something that I leaned on a lot. I used to say to people when I started reading first, you know, because um, I'd be very nervous. I never want to let anybody down. And I used to say to people, you know, just in case we have any issues connected with someone, have a photograph or something in your bag or something that belonged to them. The reason I used to say photograph is because when I used to say to people, bring along something to the reading that belonged to the person, oftentimes people would bring like an ornament that their granny had sitting in a glass case for like 60 years. Okay. But in that 60 years, they probably touched that physically four times. So it's not what you're looking for. What you're looking for when you're looking for an object is something that someone has touched every day. So maybe a watch that they wore, a chain that they wore around their neck, earrings, a belt, whatever it is. Maybe their mobile phone because they always had it on them. Okay. So something that would have been on their person for a vast amount of every day. And the reason for that is because you can get their energy from it. Now you can also get somebody's energy from a photograph. And I remember reading an article in some, I think it was National Geographic, some years ago. I was only, you know, a teenager maybe. And there was a story about a tribe that had been discovered, I think it was South America. And this tribe had never made contact before with the outside world. Okay. And of course, everybody was arriving on to this tribe and they wanted pictures and to take videos and see how they live and everything. But this tribe believed that by taking pictures of them, that they, you know, that we were taking away part of their energy or part of their soul. So they didn't want pictures taken of them. And while I don't believe that it takes away part of, part of their soul or that it does any damage to anybody, there is a part of our energy in every photograph of us. Because by holding someone's photograph or someone's belonging, I can feel them. I just feel like I'm them. I just get the sense of feeling, you know, feeling, um, are they male? Are they female? Are they young? Are they old? Did they die suddenly or were they, was there illness? How do they feel now? Who are they with? All of this kind of information. It really helps to bring through the um the energy from the spirit world okay so psychometry it's called now you have to be careful with psychometry i happen to know because i did a lot of my training in arthur finn college in london 
And in the UK, there's what's called a Witchcraft Act. Okay, so there's certain things you're technically not allowed to do because it's against the law. So one of those things is psychometry. Okay, so you're not allowed to conjure up the spirit of somebody by holding um, an item. But you can hold the item and then put it down and then start challenging, I beg your pardon, start channeling the spirit, okay? So you're not technically doing it while you're holding on to the object. You're doing it after you put the object down. We don't have that here in Ireland, okay? We don't have that kind of regulated witchcraft act thing. Um, so it's not um, disallowed over here or frowned upon. And I have found it great through the years. Now, I have to say, I've read a lot in Canada and the States. I don't know what the law is over there, but I've used psychometry a lot there too, doing one-to-one -one readings for people. So I love a bit of psychometry, I do. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, to when you're, if you're someone who's looking to develop your spirituality, um, you know, if you're in an antique shop or something, just stop by an old piece of furniture, it might be an old bed or an old dressing table or, um, you know, something old. You know, they tend to even sometimes have things like, you know, old walking sticks and stuff. And just put your hand on it for a minute and, and close your eyes and just close out everything else that's going on around you and just see what do I feel from this object, okay? And you're doing psychometry, okay? Because that's exactly what it is. It's just trying to get the energy from um, from the the item, okay? You're using that energy in order to channel the spirit, to get the connection, and you know, to to make it, I suppose, make it easier for you to connect with somebody. Especially for somebody, it can be very difficult to connect with spirit for somebody who maybe worked as a nurse or a carer or something like that, because they tend to have a lot of spirit coming through and they're going, Oh, you know, you look, you were so good to me and you know, thank you so much for giving me dignity before I died and you know, you get all these people popping in and out. So it can be harder sometimes to get through all those um acquaintances, if you like, and, you know, get through to their own loved ones. So psychometry is a great way for that. And I would say to people, you know, whether they're coming to a show or coming to a reading, pop something in your handbag. The first reading I did in my, or the first stage show I did in my hometown, uh, God, it's a few years ago now, but, um, you know, I say, I, I, I always said that, and I was interviewed on the radio beforehand, it was a local charity, and I said to people, you know, pop something in your handbag that will bring the spirit energy with you, and um, the I was really nervous, obviously, before going on stage, I prefer to read in front of a stage of strangers, or an audience, should I say, of strangers, rather than um, an audience of people that might know me, you know, from when I was little, and um, so I said to people, bring something. And I was sitting backstage, all ready to go on, and I was really nervous. I was just close to being sick. And I said, God, you know, please, someone, if you're here, just let me know you're here, that I'm not going to walk out on that stage and be on my own, okay? Because even though you just see the medium, you know, we've got a lot of people around us on that stage waiting to talk. So at that point, a woman stepped forward, and she said to me, you're all right, love. She said, you'll be fine. She said, my daughter is in the front row and her name is also Sandy. She said, and she has a little white teddy bear in her handbag that I, I gave to her when she was a baby and she's kept it all these years. So I said, 
thank you so much. So I went out on stage and I was sweating buckets. <laughs> it's really hard. And um, I just said, okay. So I explained, I said, you're not really supposed to bring people on stage with you. You're supposed to make the connections on stage. I said, but you know, I was absolutely just chitting a brick <laughs> backstage uh, thinking that I wouldn't connect with anybody. I said, and this woman came to me and she's a mother and she told me her daughter Sandy's here in the front row. I said, we're both Sandy's. I said, and you have a little white teddy bear in your bag. And this girl in the front row, she just went, oh, like that. And she goes, my name is Sandy. And she picked up her handbag and she pulled out this little white teddy bear. And she said, I've had this since I was a baby. Okay, so um, it it's the energy from the item. It's the item that this woman was using as her connection on that night. Okay, her daughter felt that by bringing this uh, teddy bear with her, that it was bringing her mother's energy. So she wanted to acknowledge that to her daughter. I know you brought it. And um, another lady was in an audience one night. I believe it was in Carlo, and um, someone just said to me. Okay, will you shout there for Marie? She's got a picture of our dog in the in her handbag with her, and um, this I I believe um, it was her mother or father. I can't remember exactly who, but you know, someone saying it's, she's not here to talk to me. She's here to talk to the dog. <laughs> you know, so they they told me what dog it was and the name of the dog, and I said, "Have you got a picture? You know, of that dog?" And she said, "I do," and she pulled it out and she showed everybody, and we were able to connect with the dog as well. So this is an example of using physical items to bring through spirit energy. Okay, so we've gone through a lot this evening. So just to recap, clairvoyance, clear seeing, clairsentience, clear feeling, clairaudience, clear hearing, claircognizance, clear knowing, clairalliance, clear smelling, clairgustance, clear taste, and clairtangency is clear touch or as it's more commonly known as psychometry. Okay, so we have a lot there. They're the main seven ways that spirit can get information across to us or that they can help us to make that connection with spirit. So I hope that there's a lot of value in what we've discussed this evening. Okay, I promise I won't always be talking about stuff that will take up the full hour and that we will get a lot um, of questions asked. But um, I see Mary's been sitting there patiently. God love her. And thanks so much for joining in, Mary. And we will talk about paranormal at some stage. And we'd love to, to bring you on the call and tell us about some of your experiences. Because um, having done a couple myself, um, you know, it's just a completely different way of connecting with spirit. And you get so much from them. You really and truly do. You get so much from them in that reading. and. Um, or in that that experience, I suppose, of the the paranormal, that it's it's amazing. Okay, so we'd love to hear um, something. So she's just telling me that she's wrote everything down and she would truly love to, and we'd love to hear them. Okay, so we'll do that in one of the coming weeks, and I'll give you a heads up beforehand so that um, you can be sure that you're on. And um, I'm going to leave it there for tonight, okay, because it's quite late and I've talked a lot. Um, but thank you so much. And for anyone who's listening, um, whether, even if you're listening to the, the repeat, it's a week and a half away, but I'm doing a free online workshop on the 19th of September. So just different ways of bringing mediumship into your everyday life, okay? So if you go onto my website, sandyburn.com, 
and click on free webinar at the top um, in the menu and you can just register there uh, for the webinar and um, you'll be sent all the information um, before um, it starts. All the times and everything are on there. There's a link to search for your own time zone if you're not in Ireland. So thanks, guys, for listening to this. And we will do episode three uh, next week, which I believe is the 15th of September. And thank you so much for listening. The replay and even the replay of last week's, it's on Spotify and Alexa and TuneIn. It's on a few different channels. It's been submitted to Apple as well. So hopefully in the next week, it will be published on Apple Podcasts. So you can always catch the replays of the shows. But if you want to join me live, you have to join me um, on Wednesday evenings, Irish time. And um, you can ask me any questions that you wish. Guys, until next week, um, I want to say thank you. Um, and I'm going to love you and leave you. And I'll try and get this replay up as soon as possible for anybody who wasn't able to make it live. Take care, guys. Yeah.